Thanks, Dean. Wanna put the first one up? On this Reformation Sunday, we're going to take a look at proper order. We can see and witness a very similar message from the Reformation and also today and also the Scripture we have. And we see a message of a reminder of things that went wrong with our thinking and with our actions. And we have gotten in the way when we have gotten in the way and taken control. You see, as I put up a couple of things, I really like that one picture of, of Martin. Uh, he's, he's saying, no, the door is just fine. I'm just fixing your theology. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but it is Reformation Sunday, the Sunday where Martin Luther took a stand and said, these are the things, these are, these are the, the, the five, the five uh, pillars of the Reformation. Sola gratia, grace alone. Sola fida, faith alone. Solus Christios. Christ alone, solio deo gloria, glory of God alone, and sola scriptura, scripture alone. So he's going back to basics, and he's, as you see here, he's taking it to the streets, right? He went to the, he went and nailed it on the wall. He said, this is wrong. It's grace alone, it's faith alone, it's Christ alone, it's glory of God alone, it's scripture alone. It wasn't that you could go and buy your way into heaven. Or do some really good deeds and get your way into heaven. And I said, you know, to myself, I'm like, wow, how does that in this, script, this passage of Scripture, the second sermon that Peter is preaching, how, how, do, these, how do these connect? How, 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 how are these two things going to the next? How, how do these things go together? Well, as we see our action or our behavior sometimes needs to be redirected by God's mouthpiece. Here we see it was in Martin Luther's, the next one please, and here we see now that it was Peter, where the Holy Spirit is doing or bringing glory and honor to the name of God. We have seen in many times all throughout history that things have gone awry. And today, we see it in remembering the Reformation and how Martin Luther was led but also hear how Peter was led. Peter had a second opportunity to preach law and gospel. Should we take another quiz? Law is what we must do. Gospel is, thank you. Should we do it again? That was, that was pretty weak. That was, that was really weak. In fact, those girls up in that corner and all the ones in confirmation, they're kind of spread out. Law is... Law is what we must do. Everybody help them. What we must do. Gospel is. Okay, all right. Wake up. Wake up. We're going to start doing jumping jacks pretty quick. But here Peter has the, an audience of Jews and Gentiles, and guess what? They're in awe. They're in awe. And what he's teaching and preaching here is to show the difference be, between self-justification and Christ-justifying. What does that mean? 
What is self-justification? First of all, what's justification? Being found not guilty. Okay? Where, have any of us ever done self-justification? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, just me and you? Okay. All right. Oh, there's a couple of us. Okay. Where we can talk ourselves into stuff, right? Well, that's okay. Only five cookies at midnight. I mean, it's the next day now, so I'll just not eat five tomorrow. I'm justifying it, right? I'm a, I was a good boy today. I need five cookies. Where my blood sugar says, no, you don't. But then we have justification by Jesus Christ who he went to the cross and paid the price to say you're not guilty. Paid in full. And that's what Peter gets to do for the second time. Next slide. For the second time is that we're now going to take a look at the difference between self-justification and being justified by Jesus Christ. So here, Peter in verses 12 through 16, we see Peter explaining himself, okay? Explaining what's going on. He explained that God healed this man to bring glory to his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, not the apostles, received the glory for the healing of this lame man. In those days, a man's name was represented by his character. It stood for his authority. It stood for his power. And by using the name Jesus Christ, Peter showed who gave him the authority and power to heal. The apostles did not emphasize what they could do, but what God could do through them. Okay, do you get that? He's teaching, he's, he's showing them, he's explaining, okay, this is what happened. You just saw this miracle. I was a part of it. He was a part of it. He did it. That's what he did. And they're all there, and as you see in that picture, they're all sitting there like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, just, you just preached this message a little bit ago. But he had to explain himself. He had to explain a, a little bit about what it means to be restored. Jesus' name was not just used as, a, as, as magic, it must be used in faith. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we must remember that it is Jesus Christ himself, not merely the sound of his name, who gives our prayers their power. You know, when I was a, when I was a young, young, young boy, uh, I, I was scared of the dark, terrified of it. Way too many scary movies or probably something like that. I mean, I remember one time uh, 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 for Halloween, we would not go out trick-or-treating. Uh, my dad just was like, no, I'm sorry, you're just not going to. And I said, okay. So I thought that everybody couldn't trick-or-treat, but I saw everybody out because we would drive around and look at them like, look at that one, look at that one. I remember we would always do something fun. We'd go see a movie or something like that, and then we'd go out to a, uh, a nice restaurant. Uh, usually it was something very different. Uh, my mom and dad, are, you'll meet them in a couple weeks. Uh, they're different people. Uh, they like eating food, which you'll see when you see them. Uh, they're, you know, I, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But they like going to different places. Places where, like, you'd have to, I remember one place we went into is a Middle Eastern restaurant. We had to sit on the floor and take our shoes off. And, and it was, I thought it was cool, but my brother and sister are like, I want to go to McDonald's, Okay. 
but that would be our thing. Well, one, 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 one uh, 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 October, we went and saw Star Wars. No, actually, it was Empire Strikes Back. That's right. Empire Strikes Back. It first came out, I know, I'm aging myself. We saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. And I remember when, they, when Darth Vader would come. You know, that, that, that march, the Imperial March would come, and you'd be like, well, I would be terrified because I got freaked out about Darth Vader, even though he's my favorite character in Star Wars. But I remember I used to see him in my room at night. And I'd be like, he's here. And my dad would come in and be like, what's the matter? Darth Vader's in my closet. And he goes, no, he's not, honey. Darth Vader's not real. I'm like, yes, he is. I saw him. I heard him. And he would pray with me. And he would he put, my hand, he put his hand on me and he goes, in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of your, blood, of, his, of your blood, Jesus, help my son to sleep and to not have his mind trick him. It wasn't just him saying Jesus or my dad touching me. It was the spirit of Jesus Christ that was doing the work. And that's what we see here, is that they walked up and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand. Told them to stand. And he stood and he walked away. So that we see where he was, he was restored. But we also see where we have to go back to the rejection. Where Israel, however, Israel, the whole, the whole group there, crucified its own Messiah. Pilate had, had decided to release Jesus, but the people had voted and asked for Barabbas, who was a murderer. And they said, we want him instead. When Peter said, you killed him, he meant it literally. He wasn't just playing around. He meant it. He says, you killed him. Jesus' trial and death had occurred right there in Jerusalem only weeks earlier. It wasn't an event of, of distant past, but, 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 and, and most of these people had heard about it, and some even well might have been there to watch it and were part of the condemnation of Jesus. The religious leaders there thought that they would have, that they would have put an end to this whole Jesus business when he crucified him. But their confidence was shaken when Peter stood up and said Jesus was alive and well and at this time, and they could not harm him. There was rejection. And then he talked about the resurrection. He then said, but look at this, God brought his son back from the dead. Peter's message emphasized that the people and the religious leaders murdered Jesus, but God brought him back to life, and the apostles had been given witness of this fact. They hit the streets to tell everybody about it. And now he has had two audiences now to share those things. And like a couple weeks ago, they, 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 were, they, were, they, were, they were convicted. Down deep in their heart, they're like, well, what do we do now? Turn. Turn from your, your wicked ways. 
These are all the things. It was kind of like his, his introduction to his sermon. Let me go over it again. We're, I'm showing you restoration. I want to remind you of the rejection that happened, but also there is restoration if you return to him. Next slide. Because that's what the next, the next verses are all about. And here we see now Peter's sermon where he's, where he's talking and he's telling them and he's preaching to them this divine plea, this, 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 this why Israel rejected Jesus. It was done because of ignorance. Where else have we seen that in Scripture? Well, we've seen it, and, and I've read it, and we'll read it again in 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 is one of my most favorite parts of Scripture. Come on, get off. Where it says in verse 12, verse 12, I thank God Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. This is, this is, this is uh, the old Saul, Paul talking, okay? Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, I was shown mercy because, guess what? I acted ignorantly in unbelief. The lights are coming on. Not just for the, the apostles and for Paul we see here, but we see it throughout all of Israel. So why should Israel now turn and receive Jesus? So, so that they might experience redemption and healing. That's the reason why. Guess who came before? John the Baptist. John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus by preaching that people should do what? Someone say it. Repent. This crazy dude with the long, with the long beard and with the camel hair, eating locusts and honey and acting like a complete crazy person, and he's saying, you need to repent. The man from the woods just came out to tell you. Well, he knew what he was talking about. He knew exactly what he was talking about. He said, I need you to repent. Then guess who came? Jesus came. And Jesus, who, who you know, he's following in the footprints, the footsteps that John, John went and the, and, and the apostles are, are watching these, the, all of these things happen. And he's preaching on repenting, preaching on repent. Many people here, I want to explain something. Many people want to, uh, the benefit of being identified with Jesus. But guess what? Without admitting their own disobedience and repenting. The key to forgiveness is confessing your sin and turning from it. Guys, we all have sins. Church, we all have sin. We sin every day. We're sinning right now probably. We have to jump back to Acts chapter 2 where Peter says, Repent each of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. When we repent, God promises not only to cleanse us from our sins, but bring us spiritual refreshment. Turning away from our sin may be the first and, and seem very painful because guess what? It is so hard. I know I talked about cookies a bunch today. It is so hard. I'm on this, this, this thing now that I can't have cookies, even though I really want cookies. And it, it, last night, Dylan can re- Dylan can t- we were watching football, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, it's 8 o'clock, and I know I can't eat after 8. So I'm, Dylan's like, just drink a bunch of water, Dad. But I know that there is a dilly bar and some cookies in our freezer. 
And I'm just like, do you have to go to the bathroom or something, Bill? Because I'm going to crush some cookies. As soon as you walk out of the room. It's hard, isn't it, to turn from a sin, to turn something that we like. Because guess what? We all like sin. We like sin. Because it's what we live, we are born in. And he's saying, I need you to turn from it. I need you to completely 180 away from it and come be refreshed. God wants to give us a better way. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 3, it says this, So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His, good, his, his going forth is as certain as the dawn, and He will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Do you feel that you need to be refreshed? To be refreshed? How do you get refreshed? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Do vacations refresh you? Yeah. Sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation. How about sleep? That helps. Unless your mind can't shut off, right? Food? Refresh you? What? Piece of cookies? Oh, peace with God. That, what? The deacon, one of the deacons said peace with God will refresh you? What? Wow, today we're making available to you, to you and to you only, just for a limited time, essential, something that you need for your body is water, right? Water refreshes. God always provides a way of refreshing, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the the Savior. But like I said, we do have these waters, and they're out there for you to take. I know it's a little goofy, and I know that it's, 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 you know, it's like, okay, another take-home thing. First you give us a little glow stick and now a bottle of water. Well, if you look on the water, it says, water, an essential requirement for life, but the water Jesus gives wells up into eternal life from John 4.14, which is, whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus is the refresher. Jesus is the one that does, that provides refreshment. Jesus is the one because God has sent him on a divine program. You see that in verse 20 through 26. The prophets, the God spoke through Moses, then he spoke through Samuel, and all the Old Testament prophets regardless the, through this plan of all ages. As we just saw what, 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 what was going on in Bali. Yes, their plan was all 13 were going to go through. That was the plan. But there was a bump in the road. And 10 out of 13 went. And guess what? God's going to open another door for those other three. And those other 10, they're all going to end up at the same place. And they're going to be exactly where God wants them. The divine program that God had promised Abraham that he would bless the world through Abraham's descendants in Genesis 12, 3, from which the Messiah will come. God intended the Jewish nation to be separate and to be holy. But guess what happened? Eventually they turned. 
And they kept turning. And they kept turning. The prophecy was this. Jesus would be born. Jesus would be crucified. Jesus would, would rise from the dead. Jesus then would have a present ministry. And Jesus will come again. The time when God will bring the final restoration of all things refers to the second coming, the last judgment and the removal of sins from the world. Peter and all of the apostles were calling to repent and to believe. From this point on in Acts, we see many Jews rejecting the good news. So the message now had to go not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, to everyone. Many who were open to Jesus, to the good news. So, what's the take-home value? Take-home value is this. Peter had an audience. And he capitalized on that opportunity. He capitalized on the opportunity to share Jesus Christ and he presented this message. This is his message, his, his quick his outline was this. Who was Jesus? He was the Messiah. How did the Jews rejected him? They were blinded by the enemy. Why their rejection was fatal? Because sin separates us from God. And what they needed is to do was to change the situation. Guess what? The final one was a call to repentance. That's what he preached. Twice, same sermon. Peter told the crowd, they still had a choice. God still offered them the opportunity to believe and receive Jesus as their Messiah, as their Lord. He displayed God's grace, mercy. Thank you. Still there. Good, good. That's what he did. He says, let me show you something that is so important that you got it, and it's so simple. You know, Caitlin and I, this, this, this week, got, got to go over to a webinar. It was through a, the Dare to Share, and uh, it was right down what we're doing right now in this church. It was, it was focused on Acts chapter 4. And, if, and, if, and, and eventually you're going to hear that sermon. And I'll tell you, this is not my sermon, not my outline, but I'm going to preach it because it's perfect. And what it was was three points. And yes, it was directed at that age. But I looked at it, and, and I think, I don't know if I pointed it out to you or not, but I put on there, why just teens, it could be equaling all. And so I don't know if I showed you that or not, but here it is. The first one, organizing prayer. Pretty simple, right? Start by praying. Second, organize, activate your witness. What are you going to say when you come face to face with someone that needs to know Jesus? <gasps> what? Hi, I'm, I won't pick on you. I'll go over and pick on one of these young, young people. I'll pick on you today. How are you? Hi, I'm Luke. How are you? Your name is? Can I tell you about something that's really super cool? You're a neat person and I, I have to tell you about my friend Jesus. Would you like to hear about it? Will it work every time? Probably not. But you know what? Getting a relationship with them, with somebody, to where you sit down and have a cup of coffee and say, you know what? Or maybe they say to you, hey, Pastor Luke, 
Let's just pull pastor out of there. Hey, Luke, you're kind of different. <laughs> yep. Not because I'm crazy, but I have zeal for Jesus. Activate your witness. 30 seconds, tell me about your relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves me, he died for me, and he shows me the right way to go. That was about four seconds. Lastly, activate your team. Activate, organize your team. It's easier to go to war with a friend, right? Easier to go to war or, or go to a place that you feel uncomfortable when you have someone with you to help shoulder the blows. Guess what a church is, everybody? We're organizing our team to do what? To go out. To reach out to those that don't know Jesus. Or maybe they've heard of him, but would like to know more about him. Or maybe for those that used to go to church and stopped for some reason. How hard is it to start going to church again after you've been off for a while? Is it pretty hard? Raise your hand if you think it's hard. Okay. It's like, it's like the gym. You go for a long time and you're like, man, look at me. Oh, wait. Pizza joint is on the way and I stopped there more than once. And I haven't gone in a month. Well, it was only $200 was the membership. Eh. You ever done that? Or then you get back in it and goes, this is hard lifting right here. Well, that's what's going on here, guys and gals, church. We are organizing our team. And, but back to his message, back to Peter's message, this is a teachable moment for the crowd and also for us. Do we have or is Jesus where he desires to be in our life? Because once he is there, we can pray to have courage like Peter to seize the opportunities to teach them and to speak up for Jesus. I know I keep telling you about other people that I've worked for in the past. And this guy, I know I keep telling you his name is Dale. And Dale was from Kentucky. And, uh, and he would always give me little proverbs and stuff. And one of them says, you know, one of them was, what is it? Is it we, 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 we play hard, but we work hard, but we play harder. That was one of them he told me. Uh, uh, don't think you're paid to execute was another one, which I think I've told you about before. But his, the one that he, keep, he would keep telling me over and over and over, and he would say it every Monday morning on our, on our conference calls. He'd be like, all right, everybody, plan your work, work your plan. But guess what? As Christians, he plans the work and sends us to help work his plan. Peter's teaching that. Peter's just the mouthpiece. Martin Luther was just the mouthpiece. Next one. Is there a next one? There it is. We'll go back to Martin Luther here. Mouthpiece. The whole turn in religion, the whole turn in the Jesus movement, the whole turn was because God used somebody to be the mouthpiece of what he wanted. He did the work through others. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to take it to the streets? Yes. 
maybe. Tim says, yes! There we go. So let's bow in prayer and ask God to continue to teach us and to guide us in the way that he wants us to go. Father God in heaven, I know that you are here and I know that you have been speaking. And Lord, as we are looking at all the things that, uh, of course, that Martin Luther did, through, that you did through Martin Luther and the things that you're doing right now through, the, through, uh, through Peter and through John and through Paul and through all the apostles, Lord, I'm asking for you to be able to put in our hearts and minds the direction you want us to go to do the things you want us to do for you. Not in our own strength, but in your strength. Not in our own desires, but in your will. So Lord, I thank you, I love you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.